The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. And we're also brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. The world's greatest shorts are hooking you up for free with with a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. All right, already. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the College Baseball Experience. I'm your host, Noah Beanick, and good morning, college baseball fans. It is 5.10 a.m. No, I'm not coming to you this early because the odds dropped late. Just I was a little bit lazier knowing that I only had two games to go and I had just a little bit more energy. So you know what I did? I spent time making a graphic. That's what I'm going to try to do a little bit more often, like when the season ends, is get more into graphics. That's the one thing that I, my skills, I, I went to school for like journalism and uh, media, basically. And the one thing that I sucked at was graphics. And that's what I'm going to try to improve on here <laughs> personally <coughs> throughout uh, my time with SGPN. So I made one. Uh, when the time comes, we'll get there. Uh, but we had, once again, a great day of college baseball. We had seven games, technically, uh, on Sunday. And five or six of them were just absolutely amazing. Two people live in the YouTube here. Richard Sims, let's go. 5.10 a.m. And Aveta. She's in the YouTube live. Shout out to Aveta. Met her out in Las Vegas. Very cool. Um, so I'm gonna run through a couple of these games just because we're only we only have two games on Monday. But I, I felt that a, a pod should be out on on a Monday morning when people can easily listen to this on a on a morning work drive. So in uh, the game that finished yesterday it was delayed because of weather it was suspended through saturday to sunday uh southern miss had a four nothing lead over tennessee the golden eagles survive with a 5-3 victory um and really like i'll i'll just touch on the second game here too tennessee beats southern miss 8 to 4 in game 2 against tanner hall and that was really surprising to me uh i i liked tanner hall quite a bit more than chase donlander However, uh, Dillander got better as he went on throughout this game. In the third inning, I think he gave up the four runs all in one inning to Southern Miss. And Southern Miss honestly has had just two big innings, and honest, those innings came from an error from Tennessee's center, center fielder. So uh, if you take away those two innings, Southern Miss maybe is gone from the Super Regional here, but, I mean – there's some magic there. <laughs> I mean, I, I've told, I've said it all along throughout this tournament that uh, there, there just is something there when your coach is like signing off at the end of the year, retiring that you're going to have a, a couple more good bounces go your way than the other way. Um, so I, I thought that 
it was a little bit disappointing that Southern Miss couldn't win it with Tanner Hall on the mound. Um, and I, Blake Burke just deposited one. It was I think it was 479, 113.9 miles an hour off the bat. And that hit just had Tennessee's offense going. They didn't stop after that. Uh, so uh, four errors from Southern Miss didn't help either. Um, and when you have a guy like Dolander on the mound and you give him a two-run and then it turned into a three- and a four-run cushion, that was smooth sailing for a top draft pick. Shout-out to Cajunomics. He's in the YouTube live chat. Uh, Southern Miss fan here. He said, go USM. I'm pulling for you guys. I'm trying not to be like come off too biased here because that's the one thing that I kind of pride myself on with this show is like I'm somewhat of a Florida fan just because my aunt went there and played basketball there. But my team's Michigan, like through and through it's Michigan and we're not uh, an amazing baseball school. So I think that helps me just kind of shoot straight, I think, uh, when talking about college baseball. Uh, the other game that started at noon today was Virginia and Duke, and the Cavs steamrolled their way again uh, against Duke here in game two and game three, just running all over them uh, and hitting the ball all over the yard. So that was a team that I, I, I really loved Virginia all the way through the second half of the season. Uh, the Cavs, I think, are I think it's them and Florida on the right side that are going to compete for one of the two will be in that college world series final. Um, then <laughs> talk about steamrolling wake forest 22 to five. They hit nine home runs against Alabama and everybody is going to say throughout this whole week, uh, you, this is, this is the week right here when everybody becomes a college baseball expert and you're going to hear a ton of people say, well, wake forest, all they do is hit home runs. They play in the small park. It's 300 down the right field line and 310 down the left field line. Yes, but they also had the country's number one team ERA in that shoebox of a ballpark. So they're not just a, an extremely good offensive team. They are actually even better on the mound. Uh, so Rake Forest can hit the hell out of the ball, but they can also pitch it really, really well. Uh, before we get into recapping the other games here, I need to tell you about Edge Boost because they are the world's first bet now pay later Visa card. And Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Get down on some of your favorite futures without tying up your bankroll for months. Double down on a favorite bet that you like or even use to create an awesome middle or even a hedge. Edge Boost isn't just some sleazy loan shark as they charge zero interest. Do you know of a way that you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any interest? I didn't think so. So Edge Boost can also be a part of a responsible, a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, monthly limits across all of your betting accounts in one place. So support SGPN and grow your bankroll today by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. And you must be 21 years old or older to use it. Problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So yesterday uh, on the picks, I went one and two throughout all the games. However, all of my futures have concluded 
went three and zero on those super regional uh, futures. So shout out to anybody that tailed those. It was a good week uh, in the futures department there. Um, but like I said, one and two. Uh, one of the losses was that game two. I bet on Southern Miss with you know one of the best pitchers in the country pit- pitching really well as of late too. And Tanner Hall with the Golden Eagles. That one didn't come through. And then uh, the other loss was Kentucky plus two and a half, which they gave that away late. And then the cash was Oral Roberts against Oregon. I took the over uh, 12 and a half, over 13 and a half. It closed at 15 and a half. Didn't matter. There were 17 runs scored. And there was like, I think Oral Roberts had five runs of insurance in that ninth inning. So uh, that was nice for us. After that Wake Forest Alabama game, we had that Oral Roberts game. And all I got to say is this, like, I want to really, really like this Oral Roberts team, but there's just Oregon had a lot of pitching issues, Uh, whether it was in this series, in the Nashville regional that didn't get exposed like it did in this series, and also the Pac-12 tournament, uh, just a ton of injuries. And what pitching they had left wasn't that great. And however, Oral Roberts did persevere and win this series. I think they're going to be facing much better competition here in Omaha as their, their side of the bracket holds Florida, Virginia, and TCU. TCU being one of the hottest teams in the country right now, and Florida and Virginia, who I think is going to represent this side of the bracket, in all honesty. Um, I want to like Oral Roberts. I really do. Uh, I, I don't see how they can get the job done uh, in Omaha. I'm really impressed by their defense, especially in the infield. Um, a lot of those guys are really smooth, and they actually they know how to cut the air out of the ball, which I was really impressed by. Uh, both their shortstop and third baseman throwing line drives, uh, just perfect one-hoppers right to the fir- first baseman. The other thing that I wanted to mention is they they have different hats than everybody else in the country. They wear these hats that uh, the company is the game. And, I mean, I had my high school used the game, and then my first year in college, this is my college ball hat, used the game. And this company, honestly, I, I know they make better hats too, but the ones that Oral Roberts has and the ones that my team has are not the better hats, that's for sure. Like They just get elongated as you wear them more over time. And Oral Roberts, a lot of them are sweat-stained now. They're like the dark navy blue. I would love for them to just get new hats because a lot of these guys are pretty swaggy, and I I think they would prefer a new hat as well. Uh, I know the superstition runs deep in baseball, but uh, out in Omaha, cameras and lights are bright. I think they would look better with some new hats. That's all I got to say. So, like, whether it's – Nike coming out there and signing them to a deal because, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, the baseball team's going to Omaha. The basketball team's making noise in March Madness. What more can an athletic department do to just get some new baseball hats for the weekend? And I'm sorry. uh, I have to apologize. My allergies are still really, really bad. My nose is still running. Uh, So those that are watching on YouTube, I'm blowing my nose right now. the other game, I have, a, I have a trash can over there. Don't worry, I'm not throwing these randomly in my room. Um, the other game here that was at the same time is at 6 o'clock uh, in the afternoon. 
or evening, I should say. It's LSU and Kentucky, and this one kind of killed because late in the game, LSU pulled away in the ninth inning. It was 5-3 going into that final inning, and Kentucky had walked Dylan Cruz like three or four times prior to the ninth, and then 3-1 count, they groove him an inside fastball, and he turns on it for a two-run double and just kissed the, kissed the money goodbye because I, I felt like it was a good read. Austin Strickland didn't throw how I thought, didn't do as good as I thought he would do, but Mason Moore was great, and uh, that was just the handicap that I thought they would piggyback more with Strickland and both would pitch quite well. Um, and Strickland just didn't live up to his end of the bargain there. Um, then the <laughs> the storyline of the night, uh, Stanford against Texas. Quinn Matthews, uh, the senior southpaw for Stanford, goes out and throws a 156-pitch complete game. Sorry, that's that's the music. That's not what I wanted to do. Goes out there and throws a 156-pitch complete game with 16 strikeouts, one walk, and three earned runs. Uh, just an insane outing. Uh, incredible from this guy. Uh, seriously, like uh, one of the best outings I've witnessed. In all honesty, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to fix this live. While we're going, I don't know why it's jacked up. Um, save, go again. I don't know why I'm trying to tinker this with this live, but uh, all right. So <laughs> I made a graphic, uh, and if you're wondering like what's going on, that's that's what I'm doing. I'm adjusting it on the YouTube live stream that way it fits on the screen. Cajunomics goes. Uh, 156 pitches, and yeah, he's right. There was like a hundred. It was more than a hundred because he had 99 strikes thrown at 148 pitches. Uh, That's when they showed that graphic. So it was it was probably like 104, 105 strikeouts or 105 strikes. Uh, Just an incredible performance. That's what Avada said. And uh, Matthews second behind Skeens and strikeouts in the country. Yes, he is. Uh, Just I mean, this is one of the performances of the year. And I, I made the graphic for it. I'm going to post it tomorrow in the morning just because, I mean, it's it's going to be such a, a viral topic of converse, conversation uh, just with the way that you're supposed to manage pitchers nowadays with the, the arm injuries and being a former pitcher myself. Like, when you're in the moment, yeah. Me, I could care less uh, if I was pitching well. And obviously, Matthews is in the zone. And there was a mound meeting in that ninth inning where he just said, I'm good. And then he walked away from his pitching coach while the entire team was at the mound in the meeting. Uh, Just stunning stuff from Matthews. I thought it was an incredible performance. And I think a lot of people are going to give him and David Esker, the head coach of Stanford, some eight here. Um, One, I don't think it's on Stanford's coaching staff at all. Uh, if the kid wants to pitch and he's doing well, you can't – I mean, you can, but I wouldn't take the ball away from him. And that's one way to just piss off one of your best players. Uh, that's not how I would go about it. Uh, that's for sure. And 
you don't know if there's going to be a tomorrow. We just saw in game one, uh, Matthews recognized that they used uh, four of their top pitchers from their staff in game one, and they lost the game in the ninth inning. It wasn't – the ball was never going to leave Matthews' hands. He was never going to let the bullpen give this one up. He was giving them a day off. Uh, those top, top four arms, they'll all – be rested and ready to go for game three. And Matthews, I don't know, like, obviously today I've learned to just not take a joke from the kid because he's probably serious more often than not. But he goes, I could go out and throw three more outs tomorrow. I'm going to probably try to convince the coaches here in the next hour that I can. (laughs) I don't know if that was a joke or not, but if he comes out tomorrow, there's going to be a lot of people just up and up more. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep the graphic up here. I, I like the graphic a lot and I'll post that on TC's Twitter account at TC on SGPN. So check that out, uh, pump it up. Uh, when we do, I'll, I'll have it scheduled for 8 AM. Um, but yeah, before we jump into the two games for today, um, let me tell you about bird dogs, our brand new sponsor with SGPN, Bird dog shorts, they, one, just look good, but bird dogs are stretchy khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer around the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts and that are made stiff, and they are made with restricting co- uh, cotton. These bird dog shorts are used with the cloud knit fabric that they invented that just looks like khaki shorts and it stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So if you're going out for uh, whether it's nine or 18 holes on the golf course, and then you have a grad party after where you're going to see a bunch of friends and family uh, and you don't want the sweat to smell, um, but also you want to be comfortable out on the golf course, Bird Dog shorts are going to be perfect for you. So go to, go to birddogs.com slash pool, P-O-O-L, enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So two games on the slate today. Um, the first one here is Southern Miss and Tennessee. Southern Miss, the acting road team, the Vols, their home, and they are minus 195 on the money line. USM is plus 160. Total set at 10 and a half. The over is at minus 120. The under minus 110. Tennessee minus one and a half is minus one twenty. Southern Miss plus one and a half is minus one ten. Um, for so I'm going to touch on the pitching scenarios first. Um, uh, give my like assessment on what could happen with their uh, uh, pitching situation here in this game, and then uh, then we'll run through the starting pitchers, and then I'll get to the pick. So for Southern Miss, they're the road team. I'll I'll, do, I'll hit on them first. Billy Oldham threw 58 pitches in game one. Will Armstead threw 13 pitches uh, in the resumed game, and he was yanked pretty early for Justin Storm, who finished the game with 86 pitches. 
And then in the second game of yesterday on Sunday, Tanner Hall threw 86 pitches and Kroos Sively threw 60. So I'm going to cross off Tanner Hall, and I also don't think Jack uh, Justin Storm uh, will pitch here uh, in game three because I think it's important. Uh, Storm, he is Southern Miss saves leader with eight, and the next guy uh, with the highest amount of saves is Crow Sively, who threw 60 in that second game. So Southern Miss, uh, I, I would say Sively could throw. There's a chance here, but – uh, he threw 60 pitches yesterday. I would say it's a very low chance that we see him in game three here. I think Billy Oldham would actually make an appearance if needed in the late innings for the Golden Eagles because he has appeared in relief five times this season, um, and he has one save. So uh, also Armistead would be a, a top choice from the pen for Southern Miss here uh, in the press conference. Scott Berry said that he would be used for sure here in game three, even though he had a bad game in uh, game one. Uh, he's still planning on running Armstead out here in game three. So for Tennessee, Andrew Lindsay started game one. He threw 78 pitches. Camden Sewell threw 17. Seth Halverson threw 40. And for game two, Chase Dolander threw 111. And Chase Burns relieved with just 10 pitches. I'm 100% sure that we won't see Dolander here, and I'm like 90% sure that we're not going to see Lindsey uh, after 40 pitches yesterday. I'd say it's doubtful that we also see Seth Halverson. However, Chase Burns, with a 3.46 ERA in his last five appearances, will probably come in again, and there's a good chance that we see Xander Seacrest, uh, 2.57 ERA in his last eight appearances since May and A.J. Russell out of the pen, who hasn't allowed a run over the last month through seven appearances. So along with many others, I, I feel like those are the most notable names, though, here for Tennessee. I think that their bullpen scenario is in much better shape than Southern Misses. Um, the starting pitchers here for me, I have one confirmed pitcher by Southern Miss. They tweeted out that Nico Maza is going to throw. He's on full rest here with a 5-1 and one record, a 4-13 ERA, 84 strikeouts, 42 walks in 69.2 innings. He has a 6-92 ERA in his last five appearances. And for Tennessee, I'm projecting that Drew Beam throws. He's 8-4 with a 4-09 ERA, 72 strikeouts, 20 walks in 72.2 innings, a 2.65 batting average against him. And he has a seven ERA in his last four starts. So, look, I if if you followed my play earlier this week, we've already hit my future for the series as I took the over two and a half games. Then I tried to double down with Southern Miss and uh, Tanner Hall in game two, but uh, that bricked. So technically, I'm zero for two picking these games because I thought Tennessee would win game one, uh, and then Southern Miss would win game two. And that's how we would get the game three. So if you do the math there, I'm 0-2 on the series. So take my pick with a grain of salt here. But I, if there was a first five over, I would be taking it here because I think that both starters could get touched up quite a bit. I lean the over for the full game uh, and at the price of plus 160. I just think that there's too much value for me to not recommend to take Southern Miss if you want to play, if you want to, if you want to bet on this game because They've been live throughout this series, uh, a couple of big innings here that have given them really good momentum, uh, and 
They won four straight elimination games. They know what it's like to have their backs up against the wall. Uh, Southern Miss, also you got to add in a little bit of that magic with Scott Berry. This is his last ever home game uh, as the head coach of Southern Miss, and he's a plus 160 underdog. I think there's a good chance that Southern Miss actually wins this game. Uh, so that's my pick. Southern Miss here, I feel a little bit better about the overs. Uh, and I don't know if you can find a first half, uh, first five over on a college baseball game. I haven't been able to all season long, but uh, for some that live out in Vegas or that have a local book that does offer it, the first five over would be something that I seriously look at in this game between Southern Miss and Tennessee. Now, touching on the second game of the day, this one's at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. The first one, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we have Texas and Stanford, the Cardinal minus 125 on the money line, the Longhorns minus 105 total set at 12 minus 115 both ways. Uh, Texas is minus 160 on the plus one and a half Stanford plus 130 minus one and a half. Um, for this game or this series, at least, uh, Texas, through Lucas Gordon for 110 pitches in that first game of the series. Charlie Hurley, 23 pitches. Ace Whitehead, 15. Zane Morehouse, 16. Then in game two, LeBaron Johnson Jr., 97. Travis Staley, 71. Andre Duplantier, uh, 12. And Chase Loomis, 2. So I think that Gordon and LBJ and Staley are done for the weekend, and everyone else would be available here, especially Zane Morehouse, who is uh, their best go-to choice in leverage innings as he has seven saves on the year and he is a 090 ERA in his five postseason appearances in the Big 12 and NCAA tournaments so that's a big arm an important arm here in the handicap here for game three uh, for Texas um, and then Stanford game one they threw like I mentioned their four top arms not named Quinn Matthews, and they lost the game. It was Joey Dixon, Joey Dixon for 61 pitches, Drew Dowd for 53, Ryan Bruno, 26, and Matt Scott, 24. Then in game two, it was the Quinn Matthews game, and uh, the amount of pitches is labeled next to me here on the graphic. Um, and so it was uh, – it was quite the predicament that Stanford put themselves in here in game two as they exhausted all of their top reliable options in game one. However, with a day rest, I think that all of these guys, if needed, could come back and throw. Dixon from 61 pitches could be a little bit questionable. Same with Dowd at 53, kind of pushing it there as well. But Dowd was the best perf performer out of those four pitchers from game one, and I think that Dowd would come in in relief in this game for sure. Um, uh, the In general, Stanford head coach David Esker could go many ways uh, with how he handles his pitching staff here in game three, and it wouldn't surprise me with anybody that he decides to trot out there. For the projected starters that I have in this game, Texas, I think they're going with Tanner Witt. He's 2-1. and one. He has a 9.31 ERA, 7 strikeouts, 7 walks, and 9.2 innings, a 194 batting average against him, and a 6.75 ERA in his last three appearances. Look, the numbers are what the numbers are, but he's a very talented arm that just came off Tommy John surgery, and they've been staging him back, working his pitch count up 
up and up every outing he's had. He's thrown, I think, a total of five uh, starts. That's why he's only got 9.2 innings. The first one was 15 pitches. The next one was 30. Uh, then I think he had three straight 40-pitch outings. But uh, the last one, he got pulled because he got into a little bit of trouble. And his control, his command, has been the biggest issue for Tanner Witt. Uh, that's the scouting report on him. And I mentioned that Stanford really I, – I don't have a good gauge on what they're going to do here in this game. I think they could trot out Matt Scott for a start. They could start Joey Dixon again. They could start Drew Dowd. Uh, none of those guys would surprise me. However, I went down a little bit further on the depth chart here, and I I think that Nick Dugan has actually been really good lately, and he could get a start here. He has a 7.26 ERA on the season. He's on full rest, though, with a 1-0 record, 60 strikeouts on the year, 27 walks in 57 innings. Uh, opponents are hitting 310 against him but he has a 177 ERA in his last four appearances. So he pitched like 6.2 innings on the same day in the regional uh, just a weekend ago. And then in the Pac-12 tournament, he had a great start against, I think it was Oregon, and then a good start against Washington. I don't know if it was a start. I think it was a relief appearance for both of those. But uh, he had a great appearance against Washington State in their weekend series right before the Pac-12 tournament. I think Nick Dugan has been their best arm over the last three weeks here for Stanford, and I think there's a legit shot that they choose to start him in this game. So I don't think either pitch – let me start off by saying I don't think either pitching staff is going to fare too well in this game, and I think it's going to be a firefight between the two uh, lineups. And I think that plays more into Stanford's – strengths and they're averaging 8.14 runs a game in the NCAA tournament. Texas, they've been more reliant on their top two starting pitchers and Gordon and LBJ and their offense has only put up 5.6 runs a game. So I think there's a huge outlier in here as well. If you look deeper into the numbers for Texas's offense, they put up nine runs in the first three innings in game three against Miami. Granted, it's the same scenario. Miami went with a bullpen game against Texas in that uh, in Texas's third game, but it was Miami's fifth game of the Coral Gables Regional. <laughs> Actually, it was their fourth game of the Coral Gables Regional. And Stanford, I think, is going to turn this one into a bullpen game here too. As soon as one guy gets in trouble, they're going to go to the next guy, and it's going to be just a, a, a endless train, a relay of uh, Esker handing the ball to a different guy out of the pen here for Stanford. I think that I, I don't think that Texas is built to win a game that's going to be uh, very like high scoring. Um, so I, I'm going to bet both the over 12 and a half that's at minus 115 here. Uh, actually, it's 12. Sorry. The, the over 12 at minus 115. And then, so that's my favorite pick. However, I think I'm going to take Stanford on the money line as well at minus 125 as my second favorite pick. Um, just because their offense is much better than Texas's, And if Texas was going to win this series, it was on a two-game sweep with Gordon and LBJ starting those two games uh, at the beginning of the series. And, I mean, LeBaron Johnson Jr. did his best effort. But, uh, you know, when you have a guy that's doesn't give a shit and he's throwing 156 pitches in the start – uh, 
that, that's tough to go up against. So, and he might come out of the bullpen for three outs. He says, <laughs> you never know with some of these kids. So, I I like Stanford to win the game. I love the over. So that's my favorite pick of the day. The over twelve minus one fifteen. Then I would go Stanford money line at minus one twenty five. Then I would go with the. Uh, I would go with Southern Miss on the money line at plus one sixty. Then the over uh, ten and a half for the Southern Miss Tennessee game. Those are four picks on this podcast, ranked favorite to least favorite for me. Um, you can check out everything that I'll have. I'll put out the run line picks on there uh, on the website. Uh, college baseball picks page on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You hit the MLB tab. There's a drop down link. It's college baseball picks. You can also search it on Google and it's one of the top links that comes up. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, we're just one week away from college baseball's biggest fashion show. All the pageantry comes out in one uh, 10 day span. And it's really, really cool to watch. If you've never uh, paid attention to the College World Series before, I encourage you to do so because, I mean, this NBA playoff series, the the uh, championship series is maybe going to end prior to it. Uh, the Stanley Cup finals might end prior to it. Uh, I don't know why I called it the championship series. It's the NBA finals. Um, the Nuggets could close that thing out here. I think it's on Monday too. So that actually, if you guys have an NBA play, uh, the Nuggets or Heat, whoever you guys like, and like a same game times parlay or whatever, you can add that third leg in. Um, that wouldn't be a bad play at all with the the over Stanford money line and one of your NBA picks. That's not bad at all. Um, there was one thing that I wanted to add into the show at the end here. Tennessee on the College World Series futures, the Vols are 15 to 1 right now. Yesterday they were plus 750. Uh, they lost one, but won one, and they find themselves in the same position right now. Uh, the reason why that this thing is higher, like that there's their price increased here is that LSU won their super regional. And if Tennessee or Southern Miss here, whoever advances is going to play LSU in that first game in Omaha, and you're going to see Paul Skeens there. And that's almost like what there's been two teams that have beaten Paul Skeens this year, Florida and South Carolina. I would probably say that LSU beats whoever they face in that game. They send them down to the loser's bracket. Tennessee would then, if Stanford gets to Omaha, they're not going to throw Quinn Matthews in game one. Uh, he wouldn't be on full rest. Uh, and they have they know they have multiple games that they'll have to play here. Um, so they won't throw Matthews in game one. They'll throw whoever Joey Dixon or uh, Drew Dowd or, you know, somebody of, the, of that nature. And then Matthews would throw game two in the elimination game against either Tennessee or Southern Miss. So I've said all year, I don't think LSU is built to win the college world series. And I don't think Stanford is either. 
I think their offense is great, and it might get them to the bracket final. Um, I think Tennessee's the legit threat to Wake Forest on this side of the bracket. However, you get Paul Skeen's game one, Quinn Matthews game two. That's the reason why this thing's at 15-1 to one right now. And I have a future on Southern Miss, and I'm kind of hemming and hawing on whether I jump in on Tennessee at 15-1 to one right now because that would give me four teams in Omaha that I have a championship future on, and it gives me a 50% chance of profit uh, in Omaha. So I'd be wondering uh, like, what everybody else thinks of that. Tweet at me uh, whether you like the proposition on Tennessee to win it all if they get there. Um, I already have Southern Miss, so you don't have to worry about that. I don't love their chances if they do get there. However, uh, it's just nice to have two teams on each side of the bracket. That's not how I planned it, but uh, you know I'll take it for sure. Uh, but Tennessee, fifteen to one, with the possibility of facing Paul Skeens and Quinn Matthews in their first two games, hit me up, fifteen to one. I don't, I don't think I like it, uh, but to have four teams there, I assume that if Tennessee beats Southern Miss here in Game Three, that this price probably goes shorter than ten to one for sure. Um, I think it probably goes down to like a seven to one price. So the time to take it is right now prior to the Southern Miss game. Tennessee's minus one ninety five to win against Southern Miss. Let me know. Tweet at me uh, at seventy seven NB. The word seventy, the number seven. The show on Twitter is TCE on SGPN. Also, uh, SGPN has plenty of contributors that are doing the same thing that I am with all of their niche sports as well. Uh, we have horse racing, we have NASCAR, we have F1, uh, NBA, MLB, MLS. Uh, I heard that Messi just signed with like, I think it was Miami from the MLS. Uh, so check, check out their show. Um, but yeah, that's going to do it for me here. You've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. Adios amigos.